and we are live at the first annual Team Weekend Podcast Awards. My name is Ace Ali, and I'll be your guide for all the fashion on the red carpet. Things are just getting underway, and we have some big names arriving. Excuse me! You've been featured in many of the episodes. Can you please tell us your name? I do not wish to reveal that information. All right, that is fine. Hey, you look great, though. May I ask who you are wearing this evening? I can assume many different forms as needed. Well, intriguing to say the least. Thanks for talking with us. Oh, here's one of the stars of this evening. PJ, over here. Hello, it's great to be here. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us, PJ. I've got to ask a big question. Who are you wearing this evening? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't reveal that information. What are you talking about? This is a fashion pre-show. The audience wants to know what you're wearing. Well, as you may be aware, I'm not a fan of corporate sponsorship, so I'm not going to tell you who made these clothes. But if it helps, I can describe in vague detail what kind of clothes I'm wearing. I suppose the fans may find that interesting. I'm wearing a shirt, pants, belt, and shoes. Hey, I've got to get going, but it was great talking with you. There you have it. Uncredited style by PJ. And just right behind PJ on the carpet comes Marco. Marco, Marco, over here. Hey, Ace. How's the fashion been so far? Well, to this point, not much to talk about. However, I do have some questions for you. Marco, what are you wearing? That is a good question. I buy a lot of my clothes secondhand at garage sales, so I don't always know which stores they originally came from. I didn't ask who you were wearing, literally what are you wearing? What is that hat? Glad you asked. This hat is in fact a classic garage sale piece purchased in Northern Michigan. Check it out. There are built-in sunglasses that fold down. And they're down. I see that, but why does it say Gorilla 94 on the front? That is a total mystery. My best guess is that the 94 stands for 1994. Now, what could Gorilla 1994 stand for? No clue, man. Well, I speak on behalf of the fashion community when I say that your outfit is garbage. Whoa, okay. Who put you in charge of fashion? You asked me to be here. I'm a very fashionable man. I apologize. You are correct on both accounts. And let me say that your outfit is very nice. It is just too bad that no one will be able to see it. What are you talking about? This is a podcast, so people can't see you right now. So you're saying that this segment is not on video. Why would you ever have a fashion segment that no one can see? This is so stupid. I quit. Well, I hate to see you go, but this may be a blessing in disguise. No one else is coming, and I cannot pay you. Marco, there you are. The show's about to start. We gotta go, man. Yep, just wrapping up this fashion interview. Great chatting with you, Ace. Wait, what did you say about pay? Hey, gotta go. We'll talk after the show. Cheap bastard. Well, this concludes our fashion pre-show. I am Ace Ali, and to everyone out there, trust me, I do look amazing right now. Hit it. Ten years in the making. Team Weekend is back. A lot of things have changed since our debut on local radio. Did somebody say podcast? No. Podcast. Yeah. But no matter how much things change, one question remains. You want a piece of my heart? What did you say? You gotta start from the start. You're speaking nonsense. You wanna be in the show? I am in the show. I'm a co-host. Come on, baby. Let's go. Baby? Who are you calling baby right now? Wait, wait. Have we just been quoting Loverboy's working for the weekend this whole time? 
no. Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. It's time for the weekend. We now present the Wikis. Here's your hosts, Marco and PJ. Hello! Oh! Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just far too kind. Hey! Good evening. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first annual Wiki! The Wikis is short for Team Weekend Podcast. Just needed to say that. Yes. Had to say that. I'm sorry. But yes, yes. Welcome. Welcome to these awards shows. <laughs> That's right, Marco. This is the end of 2017, and we felt it was time to kind of celebrate the end of the year. This is our first year doing podcasts as a team again since high school. A lot has happened since then, and uh, you know what? It, it's time to start breaking out awards and kind of reflecting on everything that's happened in this podcast in the last year. Hence, the Wikis! Uh, mixed, mixed thoughts on my end. I mean, yes, a lot of great things happen, but I mean, it's time. I mean, really? We've had four episodes, and we're having an award show? I, I mean, is this me, or... It's kind of like people who celebrate their half-birthdays. It's like, come on, just, just wait for the real thing. <laughs> okay, okay. I, we, we, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like the sandwich rewards program. You eat two sandwiches, you get a free sub. No, you, you gotta get eight, nine, ten subs in there. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, build to something. Hilarious. I mean, to, I don't mean to go off on a little rant here, but it's like in the marathon, you're running, and, you know, after, you know, the third kilometer, they just hand you a, a medal. I mean, that's... That's, that's ridiculous, right? Marco, there are 42 kilometers in a marathon. So, no, it is nothing like that. There's been some massive highlights to this show this year, Marco. Hence the wikis, including that music segment that's ended all four of our episodes. We've shared some fantastic news, me in particular. I've had some great playlists to share to the people. We've talked about Kevin Morby. We've talked about Mute Math. We've talked about Weezer. I mean, what more could the people want? We've given them some amazing music. All right, all right, PJ, PJ, just save it for the show, man. All right, that's what the music segment's for. We're going to get to it. Just don't bombard them right now. Yeah, Marco, great job showing the people Carly, Cardi B. It's pronounced Cardi B, and you're welcome. Anyways, another highlight is our first themed episode, Halloween. All Halloween segments, Halloween intro, Halloween great debate. It was a fantastic episode and went off without a hitch. Fan favorite for sure. Such a fan favorite. The next themed episode was completely not about Halloween. We agreed that we would not discuss this in public again. (laughs) Or Halloween again. But, you know, besides the highlights that we both, uh, you know, have some opinions on, we've also had a chance to learn a lot. This has been our first year podcasting, and there's been a few lowlights around this first year. 
That's true. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that my character, Mad Mad Marco, is being investigated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. According to our lawyer, Consulary Nick, he told me not to say anything beyond that. But as a small anecdote, I want to turn this to a highlight for 2018. It, you know, it did cause some riff amongst our listener base. It also completely ruined our next themed episode on uncles. I'm sorry, Uncle Charlie. You know, we really wanted you as another guest, our next guest. But, uh, you know, that was just Marco's opinion on the next investment opportunity. We did not mean to personally single out uncles in that way. I always think it was a misunderstanding, and now that I have this platform on this award show, let me say... To PJ's Uncle Charlie, I am sorry. I did not mean any ill will. It was very much a misunderstanding. Are you happy, PJ? Is that good enough? Can you forgive me? Yes, but I'm not sure Uncle Charlie can forgive you. Uh, <laughs> themed episodes aside, we've also done a lot of different types of segments in across our podcast. And one of the fan favorites or not-so-fan favorites has been sports. Yeah, I'd say one in particular, just kicking off this podcast, episode one, kind of to stand out. We, uh, we entered the world of sports with the America's Cup. <laughs> Questionable choice, and we're going we're gonna to look into it in 2018. Yeah, you know, I mean, in the end, maybe that was not the most relatable sport, but at least, Marco, it was more relatable than Bunna. Gonna have to agree to disagree. There's a small town in Canada that really loves that sport, and I think we all have a small town of Canada inside of us. <laughs> but in the end, you may notice that sports is no longer a segment, at least recently, in the podcast. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. That was some feedback we took in. We're gonna retool and regroup, and then there's gonna be some post uh, award show stuff. I mean, frankly, are, do we even still play sports in winter? Can we? Can we? <laughs> Maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe we're not the problem. Maybe yeah. the sports are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, it got a breather. But, you know, all that feedback has been very, very helpful for this podcast. And that's one of the special things about this podcast. We really, really appreciate all that participation that has happened across all our social media channels. Yeah, PJ, cannot agree more. We have both a Facebook account and a Twitter account. And you've been very gracious to run some analytics here. I'll read off a few stats. We get almost one vote for every five polls we have on the Facebook page. That is really dedication. Right That's there. stunning. I mean, it's almost like when I look at our Twitter page here, we've gotten one Twitter follower for every 15 tweets. Hey, hey, that's, that's something to consider. And then, uh, oh, I, I can't believe you put this. You shouldn't. Yeah, okay, so I, I had a, uh, it wasn't really a poll, but it was kind of an open-ended question talking about fall foliage on the Facebook page, and no one responded, okay? <laughs> that was a low light. Fall colors are beautiful. I posted a pic, tried to engage. No one, PJ, you didn't even respond to that one. Honestly, I didn't even know how to engage to fall foliage. <laughs> <sighs> Just read the post. Never, never mind, never mind. We had highlights, we had lowlights, but you know what? A lot of good stuff in 2017, and actually talking through it with you, I almost 
agree that it makes sense to have this award show podcast. And you know what? There was one more chance for the people to participate this year and incorporate that feedback towards this award show, and that brings up our first award of the night. Fan voted segment. That's right, people. We've got the fan voted segment. We put a poll out there and we asked the people, what was their favorite fan or favorite segment of the podcast this year? And the result, Marco, who is our winner for most favorited segment? Coming in with 60% of the vote, the podcast segment that you want to hear for this award show is Do's and Don'ts. What a win for do's and don'ts. It was just played in the fourth episode of the podcast. It's made two occurrences this year. And guess what, people? Because it was the number one voted segment of 2017 on the Team Weekend Podcast, we've got a special do's and don'ts segment coming up next. So uh, this do's and don'ts, it gets a wiki. Is this, is this how this works? That's right, the first wiki, Marco, we're awarding the first wiki. The wiki! Just checking. Looking for advice? You've come to the right place. Fashion. Got it. Dating. Suspect. Politics. Eh, we'll probably stay away from that one. It's time for do's and don'ts. It's the final do's and don'ts segment of the year, Marco. And to top it all off, it's the fan voted segment, the most popular segment of the weekend podcast. They they could have let it ride off into the sunset, but they're like, no, one more time, one last ride. <laughs> 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 and you know, I'm, we've had a lot of fun with this segment. It's it's um, one of those segments that seems basic in concept, but leads to some very helpful advice, I think, for the people. Yeah, our, our fans are great fans, but they need guidance. And I think they just they they enjoy it, but you know, in the back of their minds, like I just need some help. So we're happy to help. That's what we're here for. That's right. And today's theme of helpful advice in the do's and don'ts segment is award show acceptance speeches very topical very topical but hey we have some some talented fans they might win an award and this is perfect time to tune in yeah and i mean at the very least we've all seen award shows and we're used to seeing acceptance speeches let's help break it down what exactly makes a good acceptance speech you know even if you don't win an award you'll know exact what makes one work very good points. PJ, would you like to kick it off? I would love to. You know, the last time we did a do's and don'ts segment, I feel like people, like I was a little bit negative. We, we did uh, flying and all my do's and don'ts were don'ts. <laughs> Great news, Marco. I'm going to start with another don't. Uh, <laughs> to open it up here. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay, my first don't. Don't think too many people you know i think 
it's one of those things and it's like a tradition within acceptance speeches i guess is when you go up to win your award you go up and just thank a bunch of people but in the end when you thank everybody that thank you almost is useless it's worthless because you've thanked everybody what does that thank you mean to me you just thank 50 other people and also like i mean for the people watching award shows it's really, really boring to watch you just thank a bunch of people. You didn't tell me anything. I, I, I gave you this award, and all you did is just talk about a lot of other people in general senses. Thanks. I, I just, you know, limit it down and find some other things to do. Don't thank too many people. PJ, I could not agree more. And, in fact, I was on a very similar wavelength. I have, a, I have another, it's another don't. So following your leads, another don't. And it's about the people you thank. It's kind of a nuanced a nuanced uh, interpretation of that. So don't thank people the audience does not know. <laughs> so I agree. At one, what you say, the scope is important. You know, you can't be naming 100 people. You know, it's 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 award shows for everybody. You know, it's not just your award show. So that's one. But the second, thank people you know. So here's some, I have some examples, some good examples. Your nuclear family, great. Religious deity, great. Grandparents, great. And then other famous people. That's that's it. After you knock out those core groups, you gotta name other famous people. I want you to thank your agent. Who's your agent? I don't know. I'm a common person. I don't know your agent. Um, I, some good examples. I was watching some award shows. I saw someone thank Beyonce. I mm. saw someone thank Abraham Lincoln. On the table. Uh, a, a minor don't don't think both. I mean, you gotta pick one or the other on that one. That's just my personal opinion. But again, I'm, I'm getting lost. The key is. Don't thank people the audience does not know. It's a good point. I mean, you get down to the editors. Or, like, to me, the one that drives me nuts is, like, when you could just absolutely tell that they're sucking up to the production studio or the producers because they're trying to set up the next film. Like, to me, then you're not even earnestly thanking the people. That's, like, a big no-no in this whole deal. But, okay, I agree. We align 100%, it sounds like, in the thank you category. And I... You know, I think we hit a hot button there, and I agree. Kind of in a similar vein here, I think, you know, so if you're not just thanking people here, I've got a do. Okay, it's a do. All right. Yeah, look at that. Mixing it up. Uh, <laughs> do learn a skill or trick to entertain people. So, like, to me, so if you're not just thanking people, find a way to make your, your acceptance speech entertaining. Like, learn a hobby. You know, perform a magic trick. Do some juggling. Some way to make your acceptance speech memorable. Because remember, people are watching these award shows, and in the end, if you're just thanking people, I got nothing out of that. That's like 100% a, a selfish act for you to help, you know, thank these other people. But, like, remember, there's people here trying to, you know, make this event memorable. If you taught, if you did a magic trick after winning Best Actor, I would never forget you for that. I, PJ, that is a great idea. I'm almost jealous I didn't think about it, just especially on the magic. Imagine you just won the award for Best Director. You have the Oscar. Then you make that award disappear? That's insane. That'd be awesome. Like the, 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 Not to mention the show's producers would be freaking out. I was like, whoa, whoa, where did the award go? You gave him the award, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we gave him the award. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a magic trick. And it shows, you know, that it's... These things are, are kind of serious, but they're also not. Like, have some fun with it. Yeah, I, I am, I am on board. I am on board, PJ. Well done again. Any anything else? Any, I'm juggling too. You mentioned juggling. Yes. 
Would you juggle the award? That's high stakes. That would be kind of cool. And I mean, even if you like messed up the juggling and dropped it and broke it, that'd be a memorable event. Like, you know, nobody remembers who you thanked. If you juggled the award, I'd remember. Uh, one thing, uh, the Emmy is very pointy. You gotta watch <laughs> out for some of these. Oscars, good. Golden Globe, it's a globe. You know, globe, you're good. Sure. Um, but yeah, some of these got some corners. So um, a sub, a, a subdo or don't, however you interpret that, just you know, protective handwear. <laughs> <laughs> or do some, you know. Another do, you know, do some research about the trophy before picking your hobby or skill because, you know, if you prepare by knowing what the trophy is and you're, you know, choosing juggling, you know, yeah, glove or choose another skill because maybe juggling is not the best skill. If you do a little preparation beforehand, you know, it could prevent a lot of severe injuries. That That is a very good segue. We're very aligned today. I have a don't, though. So. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a don't but you know it's it, it's not super critical it kind of is i'll just say it don't act like the award is heavy that is a pet peeve of mine and it's one of those things where i, re- I recall that i watched a few clips to, in preparation i didn't see anyone do it but i know i've seen it i know i've seen it more than once here's the thing got three points on this one you think it's heavy it makes you seem like it's unprepared you knew mm. what this award show was you were invited probably months in advance you knew we were up nominated for award you knew there's a uh, maybe a 20 percent chance mathematically if there's five contestants that you would win this award so mm. you, you knew you'd have to carry it if you win it you know so that's one two i mean if if, if you're you know not you know, physically fit at the time, just train for it. I mean, you have you have heads up. You know, do some push-ups, do some. And you know, maybe you have a, a celebrity friend that has an award. Go to his or her house and, and hold it. It's like, wow, this is heavy. And they're like, yeah, I know, right? I was so embarrassed. Like, but you know, what? be better than your friend. Practice. And then another thing, it's kind of just you know more of a subliminal thing. If you, if you're struggling to hold the award. You're, you're kind of looking weak in front of your peers, in front of, you know, the Academy, and, you know, in front of your fans. I mean, your fans are, like, you know, praise you. It's like, they can't even hold that? I mean, these things don't. So these things probably are heavier than they look, which I give you credit for, but most of us, unfortunately, will never hold an Oscar or a Golden Globe or um, Nobel Peace Prize. You know, you gotta <laughs> you got to practice these things, so... So, yeah, it ended up being pretty negative, but, yeah. <laughs> DJ, any thoughts? <laughs> Nothing worse than a weak award winner, Marco. You could not have said it better. <laughs> no, but, I mean, in the end of this, like, you know, yeah, you do the the trophies too heavy. Isn't that, like, the biggest show-off in the world to everybody that didn't win that's still in the audience? Because, like, look that's at true. this heavy trophy that I won that nobody else got to win. I'm taking this massive and really heavy thing home. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like this, oh, I'm weak, like casual, like I'm being humble. But no, you're really showing off, you know, that you won this amazing award that's super heavy. I mean, that's yeah, true. A very I agree. simple act has very, you know, loaded. There's a lot going into it. And you, you picked up on that, too. And yeah, that's that's kind of uh, lacks, lacks graciousness in, in a certain sense. <laughs> I agree. On a totally different tangent here, I got another do <laughs> to balance it out here. I'm feeling positive, Marco, today. All right. I'm feeling good. Hey, it's a new All PJ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm closing it out in 2017 on a positive note. Uh, <laughs> here we go, Marco. So, like, you know, I'm a big Oscars fan. And, like, 
when you watch a lot of those speeches, like it's just in general, like one of the common themes is the speeches run too long and then you get played off the stage. And this is what I've never mm. understood. Here's the thing. Do learn the conductor's name. If you learn the conductor's name, then you can go yell at the guy when he starts to play off. You're like, you know, you're talking, you're talking, and then they start playing the orchestra. You go, whoa, 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 hey, Frank, Frank, shut it down a minute. I still got like 30 more seconds of like speech to go here. I'm, I got people to thank, because that's what we always do, apparently. Or I got trophies to juggle. But if you know the guy's name, you can call him out on TV or in that middle of that speech. And trust me, Frank ain't gonna ignore, going to ignore you once you call him out by name. Why don't people learn the conductor's name? Great point. I, I never thought of it, and uh, it makes sense. People people respond to their names. That's they do studies about that. That's a known fact. And you make a personal connection to the conductor. You're like, whoa! Someone say my name. That, that at least bought you three seconds. <laughs> you get maybe one more thank you in, and hopefully, hopefully a little bit longer too. I, yeah, I mean, I just. You know, it's such a common thing. We all like, or we're all helpless with the orchestra. But if you make it personal against the orchestra, I guarantee you they will slow it down. One one colliery to this: many award shows do have live orchestras, but I imagine not all do. So if that's the case, you gotta learn some sort of sound mixer backstage, mm. or just learn whoever you gotta know. I that's guess that's a great. It's a little twist there. Yeah, but that's once again, do some research before you get into this whole generic here. Yeah. Figure out who's in control of the music. Is it the conductor? Is it the director? Because, yeah, you can call it the director just as easily. I mean, they sure. all have names. <laughs> they all have names. <laughs> <laughs> That's a safe assumption. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marco, you're going to close it out here. Is it a do or is it a don't? It's a do. It's a hey! do. I was saving the, the positivity for the, for the end and also <laughs> maybe the weirdest one <laughs> on my list. So my suggestion is do laugh like a mad scientist when you accept the award. Uh, kind of uh, a few things. One, it kind of relates back to what you are talking about earlier, making it memorable, having a skill, just kind of laughing maniacally. It's like, wow, that I remember. <laughs> I remember that acceptance speech. Uh, and, then, and then another thing, too, it's about the – Many things, uh, you know, I gave an example of Nobel Peace Prize or different things, mm. but I mean, many of these award shows are Hollywood celebrity culture. That's what the majority of people, that's kind of sure. what the audience wants to watch. That's just human nature in a small extent. So the other thing is, too, there's the, the, the image you project. So, yeah, on the surface, like, wow, maybe that person lost it. On the other hand, laughing like a mad scientist, no one ever called a mad scientist dumb. They're all geniuses. <laughs> They're, you know, you know, imperfect geniuses, but they are geniuses. So in some way, it kind of gives you some credibility. It's like, wow, guy's a little off, but you know what? Truly a genius and probably deserves that award. <laughs> I give you credit, Marco. You're right. We went, you know, totally crazy to close it out here, but I could not agree more in some ways <laughs> because like... Wow, I was I not mean, expecting that. Like, here's the thing though, Marco. At the end of the day, it's all a charade. You know, like these people come up to the stage and they end up going like they're shocked like that they won. And like, you know, as if I could never imagine I won this award. In the end, that was always your intention was to win that award. Like for once, when you maniacally laughed, it's like everything went to plan. It would just feel like the whole tale coming to fruition. Like 
You were open and honest. Yeah, my intention was to win this award, and at the end it worked. And like to maniacally laugh would just feel like the cherry on top to admit that that was your intention. Hey, you know what, PJ? This is, you know, this, this is not the do's and don'ts. is different than the Great Debate. And, and let me say, we are totally in sync, <laughs> you know, for this segment. Uh, you know, it was great to work with you <laughs> to help the fans learn what to do and what not to do uh, when accepting uh, an award. So, job well done. I agree, Marco. Somehow this is very awkward. We've agreed. Um, I'm used to strongly disagreeing with you, and I'm sure this will come back to normal very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, I save the, I'll save the maniacal laugh for when I win. So that was just a normal laugh. Agreed. I <laughs> Thank you, fans, for voting. We really appreciate it. It's been a great 2017 for all our segments. There'll be plenty of new ones to come. But that is the last do's and don'ts. A fan favorite, Marco, for the Team Weekend Podcast. Welcome back to the Weekies. Here are your hosts. And welcome back to the Weekies, Marco. We've got a lot more Golden Weekie cycles to hand out. Oh, yeah. Lots of hardware. This is the main segment for awards. You've been waiting for awards. We're giving out awards. Yes. Now, obviously, we just handed out our first one of the night, Do's and Don'ts, which was the fan-voted favorite segment on the weekend podcast. But several more of these awards were also fan-awarded. We put out polls to the fans through Twitter and linked them into our Facebook and we got some votes, and now we've tallied those votes, and we've got some awards. Yeah, we tallied these by hand. We did not use an accounting firm. Uh, Twitter's great. really just tells you the winner. So if you already checked the Twitter page, you may know who have won. But for those of you who are not on Twitter, this may be the very first time you're finding out the results. Yes. And uh, let's share with the people those results, and we've got the... First, second, excuse me, I knew I was going to do that. Second, fan-voted wiki of 2017. Category is most important event from 2007 to 2016. This was from episode one, our So What's New segment. So we listed out four years of events, and the winner is... Marco purchases Rappin' the Facts Dinosaur Division cassette tape at a garage sale. So, great job, fans. I feel like I contributed to this award in many ways. <laughs> so I'm going to share this award with you guys. This is a fan vote award, so congratulations to Rappin' the Facts Dinosaur Division. Which technically could also be a music award, but it's a fan award. I'm really stunned American Pharaoh did not win with the Triple Crown. I thought that was a pretty momentous event, but apparently Rapping the Facts from 2010 takes home the wiki. Well, the fans have spoken, Marco. Yeah, and don't feel too bad for American Pharaoh because that horse legitimately won a real award. So, you know, <laughs> shout out to American Pharaoh. No wiki, though. No wiki, just the triple crown. You know, so didn't get the quadruple crown. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Marco. That's extremely elusive. I don't know if anyone will ever win the quadruple crown. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so, the fans also spoke on a third award of the night here, the third Golden Weakest Cycle, getting ready to hand it out. And that award, Marco, what is the category? Category is Best Wedding Advice. This is from Episode 2 and our very first Do's and Don'ts segment. PJ, would you like to do the honors? Yes. So, the Golden Weakest Cycle goes to... RSVPing to a wedding. Congratulations, Marco. Your advice once again has achieved another Golden Week of Cycle. Congrats. Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll take credit. I uh, I was shocked. This was, you know, less comedic advice. It's kind of, I mean, <laughs> it was a little funny during the show, but when you just read it on Twitter, it's very <laughs> serious, and I think that resonated with the fans. I don't know. I, I was surprised. I consider this an upset in my opinion. Yeah, we didn't get any comments on this one, but I'm now very curious how many people have forgotten to RSVP to a wedding. Maybe this was extremely relatable advice. Or maybe this is just Marco doing something that outrageous. You did get accepted to the wedding, though, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah, I've never been turned away from a wedding to date, as of this airing. (laughs) Yet. And luckily with this advice to the people, I'm sure now everybody knows they need to RSVP and they will never get it turned away either. So that was very helpful advice, Marco, and it won us, won yourself a wiki, or the advice itself won a wiki. You know, it's hard to describe exactly who exactly wins these wikis. I'm going to dedicate this wiki solely to the fans. <laughs> that wrapping the facts, I'm gonna wanna, I kind of want to keep that one. Maybe I can loan it out. But this one's like just for the fans. This, this one's on you guys. Glad you guys learned something. We also have more advice in the next award. This was the also from Do's and Don'ts from episode four. Yes. And this one's theme was best air travel advice. And the winner is arguably no one. <laughs> Well, how about that? You want, you want to take care of this one, PJ? Sure, I'll explain this. <laughs> I, I think uh, you, you probably have the best handle on this one, Marco. Go for it. Okay, so this one uh, was like all the other awards, like PJ recapped. We posted on Twitter, also posted the links to Facebook, and we tabulated the results. There were two votes. Now, one thing we should keep in mind is all votes are anonymous. Yes. So, you know, feel free to vote your conscience, you know, for next year or any future votes. But in this vote in particular, there were only two votes, and I voted, which we are allowed to do per the rules uh-huh. of the awards. Okay, good and job. I, I talked with PJ, and he voted. I did vote. <laughs> so, doing some quick math, we realized that no fans had voted. So, and, we, and PJ and I, on top of it, voted for different things. So, no clear-cut winner in this one. It was, uh, in, yeah, indecisive. Uh, you know, in boxing, that would mean that, it, you know, it's a split ruling and they would probably fight again. Or they, that's how it typically happens. You know, that's why you get uh, a second whole boxing match out of this whole thing. So next year, we'll have to once again talk about air travel and see if it resonates any better with the fans. Yeah. So, yeah, so this or is maybe not. <laughs> Now do it again until you learn. (laughs) 
And that brings us to the final award of the night. Now this one, much like the last one, is not a fan-voted award. <laughs> That's right, we kept this one in-house. We want full control of this one. <laughs> However, it is, it is about the fans, though. This, is, this award is for best fan-requested song. So, again, shout out to the fans. Got some requests throughout the year. And uh, have a whole list, actually. We could kind of run through these pretty quickly, I guess. Yeah, this one maybe. Yeah, let's do the let's do the nominees here. What do we have? Um, just to kind of give a shout out to all the the great advice we got this year. So many of these came from the Halloween episode, and so the first mm -hmm. grouping include Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack's Lament. Nightmare Before Christmas is a movie. I don't know how to call that an artist, but that was from. The feature film <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff, Nightmare on My Street. We got Bobby Pickett and the Monster Mash, Buck 65 and Zombie Delight. Those were two more kind of traditional Halloween songs. Vance Gilbert with Zombie Patty Cake. Marilyn Manson with This Is Halloween, a cover from the feature film Nightmare Before Christmas. And last but not least, Faruko, Bad Bunny, and Russian in Crippy Kush. I'm just very relieved, Marker, that you pronounced the last one there because I, uh, I was a little nervous about that last one. The artist or the song title? The artist, yes. Well, now I'm questioning myself, but you know what? I said it, hopefully can figure out there's enough information there to know what song we're talking about and again this is all on the facebook page so if you look through the archives you will see all these songs listed out somewhere but pj it is now time which song won best fan requested song and the wiki goes to will smith and dj jazzy jeff with nightmare on my street yeah, this, this is a very tough call that we made. Uh, a lot of great songs here, and love Halloween songs again. Love Halloween, fantastic holiday. This, uh, this song combined both humor and seriousness in a blend that <laughs> honestly only very closely edged out Creepy Kush, which also blended humor and seriousness. Creepy Kush, I think, was unintentional humor. But then technically, so was Nightmare on My Street, so... <laughs> Very tough award. Plus, it was a great callback at the time. Very, I mean, Will Smith and DJ Jesse Jeff hadn't heard them in forever, and it hit a soft, nostalgic spot. I think they nailed it. Weirdly, this also relates to a song I even put on a playlist by Fabulous and Jadakiss, which had a whole album concept of Freddy vs. Jason. So then it became even relevant through that lens, too. So... Uh, crazy year in 2017 and, and shout out to will smith and dj jazzy jeff and yes marco we will be mailing them that golden week of cycle and that marco brings us to one of the more depressing topics of this podcast our in memoriam here we've had some great people featured in this podcast one that stands out in particular is our friend jake he was featured in the intro to episode two we were team weekend going around trying to solve crime, and he was just one person we couldn't truly help. Jake was a close, close confidant, and in the end, 
You know, you can't save them all. But uh, to honor him, we reached out to his family to put together this loving video tribute. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Yeah, uh, Jake here. Still alive, not dead. You guys, I appreciate all this. It's great. Just want to say, I'm not dead. That was planted in my brain. Still remains. Not dead, still alive, totally good. Not pushing up daisies. I'm alive. In restless dreams I walked alone. Narrow streets of I'm not dead. It's just so so sad. PJ, did did you watch the video? He said he's not dead. That's great. No, no. I I I, I, I couldn't. It's just too sad. Uh <laughs> yeah, a lot of emotions. It is. Oh, I'm not good at this at all. I miss you, Jake. I miss you. You know, I I think Jake Jake's Jake's a lot closer than than you think. He's he's with us. He's like, without exaggeration, he is with us. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, Marco, but I think at the end, we've done Jake right. It's time here to transition out of this extremely depressing subject to another very important topic right now. I think it's time to talk about the Great Debate. Yeah, yeah. If if you're ready, if you're ready to debate, then I am. You're going to need all your wits about you. And again, Jake's not dead, so hopefully we can turn that frown upside down. Marco, don't you speak about Jake that way. I am going to kick some family-friendly butt in this next segment called The Great Debate. There's no reasoning with you. It is on. April 26, 1920, the first great debate was held in Washington, D.C. at the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. In this landmark public debate, astronomers Heber Curtis and Harlow Shapley argued the size of the universe. Nearly 100 years later, P.J. and Marco continued the tradition of thoughtful and thorough discourse engaging in meaningful topics across the fields of academia. A barrel of oatmeal cannot be weighed Therefore, it is weightless. If dogs could talk, and I'm not ruling out that they cannot, they would all have the exact same voice. Razor scooters are stupid. They always have been and always will be. Yarn is not big string. It's different. And now, The Weekend Podcast presents The Great Debate. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals who can listen, welcome to the second great debate. Tonight, our debaters are myself, Marco, and debating me, PJ. Here, here. This evening, we debate 
at an award show about award shows, I will take the side of MTV Video Music Awards and PJ the Academy Awards. Yeah! There was a coin toss not recorded. PJ has won the toss. Would you like to kick or receive? I will receive. I will take the wind blowing northward. PJ, the ball is yours. Here, here. Well, for our second great debate, I think I have easily picked the winning argument here. The Oscars by far are the finest award show out there. There are many award shows out there. Most of them are terrible. And the biggest reason they're terrible is because people are forgetting what the point of an award show is. The point is to award the best thing in a category. And that category is supposed to have some type of importance to society. Here we are rewarding the best movies that were created within a single year and we are trying to reward the best movies. Marco, what do the VMAs award? The VMAs award the best video music awards, also known as music videos. Rebuttal, but which music videos? It seems like they're always picking just the most popular thing. The point of an award show is not to pick the most popular thing. We have plenty of ways to tell what the most popular thing is. We're trying to award the best thing. Rebuttal, on the first argument, I bit my tongue and now I will strike. Award shows are about celebrations and fun. It's not this, you know, self-congratulation, this pomp and circumstance, this, you know, oh, we in the industry give the award to others in the industry. No, award shows should be pure entertainment. You can have the Oscars and it's good to have, you know, as a matter of record, you know, best picture, best supporting actress, all that. Guess what? You can flip, you know, the channel and look online the next day to see who won. You do not need to watch the Oscars. MTV VMAs is appointment viewing. See, I knew you would fall into this hole. So, rebuttal. It, that's not an award show at that point. It's just a show. You're not awarding anything of importance at that point. The point of an award show is to award the best thing that we think is important. And the best thing about the Oscars is they're awarding not just the movies, they're rewarding the creators. What are the VMAs awarding? It's the best popular artist? The best video? I, it's, it's madness, Marco. It's madness. Yes and yes. You're arguing for me. These things matter too, okay? There's a world beyond cinema, okay? And video music... I keep saying that, music videos, <laughs> it's a confusing <laughs> title, I'll concede that point. <laughs> music videos are miniature movies. Some of them have great art, and as time has gone on from the evolution from the early 80s to present day, you have artists easily spending over millions of dollars on this, and with the YouTube, it's a renaissance in music videos right now. These awards do matter in their own way. Do they matter, Marco? Because rebuttal, there's such as an award as the MTV2 <laughs> Award and the Quadruple Threat of the Year Award at the VMAs. 
Those aren't real awards. Those are... What are they? I don't even know what they're awarding at that point. The Oscars is too afraid to award the Quadruple Threat of the Year award. They would never do it. They're so, you know, starch shirt and proper. The VMAs let loose and have a good time. Do you want to have a good time, PJ? Do you really want to have a good time? Of course, which is why I want to be showed a good time through hosts that actually mean something to me. Tell me exactly how I'm going to have a good time with hosts like Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, or Russell Brand. No, I want the classics. I want Billy Crystal, Steve Martin. I want Jon Stewart. Guys that really have some type of intellectual comedic act compared to... What exactly does Miley Cyrus do that entertains you? I'll get to Miley Cyrus later, but rebuttal, <laughs> MTV VMAs do have quality hosts. There have been three times in the history of the awards they had no host. That's how strong the show is. But you have people like Dana Carvey, Kevin Hart, and a slew of celebrities that host this awards. You're talking about the quality of host? Yeah, the Oscars have their monologue. It's kind of like late night. Sometimes you just watch the monologue and then you go to bed. You can do that with the Oscars. You cannot turn off the VMAs. Something crazy will happen at any given time. Something really fabric fabricated will happen at some time. Tell me exactly, after all these hosts are done, what exactly, how exactly are these awards being handed out? To me, the Oscars were handing out an important award, but it's also an award that means something because there's some type of scientific method towards how the awards are being decided. We have all the movie creators and publishers looking at all these movies and voting on the best one. How does a VMA select the MTV2 award? Rebuttal. You talk about scientific, you gotta be kidding me. Hollywood is bought, PJ. Bought, bought, bought. Which producer, which production company buys which award in what year? It's a known secret. The Hollywood, yeah, sometimes it gets it right, but you see it get it wrong and people complain like, how could this ever happen? It's cause it's corrupt. The MTV VMAs are fun and lighthearted. You wanna know how they uh, award uh, the Moon Man out? I don't care, no one cares. It's just fun, you know? <laughs> It's not worth corrupting. It's a parody of an awards show. It's a celebration. It doesn't take itself seriously, and it does it way better than the Oscars taking itself seriously. That's because it's an awards show. It means something. Okay, we talking about the awards themselves. Can we move on to the next topic? Because we're not we're not agreeing here. That's fundamental. <laughs> we have something else to debate other than awards shows. I'm talking about deeper. Okay, you have award shows. What's an award show without an award? Do you, do, you, do you agree on that point? Yes. Okay. Best Are you really award? arguing for the Moon Man? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. The Oscar, <laughs> you know, I'll give it credit. It is sleek. It is a classic look and is even recognizable, even in its amorphous, you know, man with sword. The Moon Man is a celebration. If you win that, you want to put it on your shelf. And yeah, I've seen MTV Cribs, which I inherent, there's a there's a bias, but people <laughs> actually show their MTV VMA awards. If you win that, the Oscar's cool, but you're just showing it just because it's flashy. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's hollow. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's by nature alone. You're riding on the laurels of the award. The Moon Man's like, that's, that's quality. That's awesome. That's out front and center. Rebuttal. It is not quality. If there, you can say a lot of things about the Moon Man, but it is not quality. It's this 
awkward statue with a waving flag that every time I see a star with that trophy, that flag is broken in 13 different pieces. Right now, you're trying to compare basically a Rolex watch of a trophy, that Oscars trophy, against like a calculator watch. Some gimmick trophy that people like for about 30 seconds and then break into 15 pieces. That's a fantastic analogy. That is exactly right. And I argue for the calculator watch, which again, we might have to take this to a separate debate. Rebuttal. <laughs> calculator watch is awesome. Rebuttal. Here's the thing with the moon man. And actually, it is moon person now. So keep that in mind. That's a good point. There is Fair. articulating Fair. pieces in that award. There is a flag. And yeah, the flag waves. Mind blown. The Oscar is just a hunk of gold. It just sits there. Can it do any tricks? Just... Can it roll over? Can it fetch? No, the moon person is doing something. The flag waves, and guess what? You're in space. There's no atmosphere. Mind blown again. How is that happening? That makes you think. Rebuttal. I think you're forgetting the most important thing about these trophies or awards. It's the, the most important part of that award is the 30 seconds you spend with it on the stage telling people about how thankful you are for getting that award. You feel absolutely ridiculous on that stage trying to hold a moon man in your head as you're like acting like this actually means something. But when you get that golden Oscar statue, that feels elegant, regal, like you won something. You're holding that thing like it's your first child because this thing is so just elegant. I mean, everybody feels ridiculous with the moon man in their head. How does an award good when it, you practically want to hide it under your coat? Rebuttal, when Peter Gabriel won his record-setting 10 moon men at the time, it was men, moon men on that one fateful night in the 80s. Are you telling me he wasn't proud? Are you telling me even on the eighth time? Oh, I'm tired of this. No, he went up every time. He got those <laughs> and brought them home. He has a whole space colony in his basement, all right? Those awards mean something. If they meant something, though, then you would hope that they also drive something because this is the key of the Oscars. If it weren't for the Oscars, almost every movie we'd be watching right now would be superheroes. The only reason there's any type of movie beyond superheroes at this point is thanks to the Oscars. What do the VMAs do but make even more terrible view movie vi video... What, are, what do we call these things, Marco? I can't even remember either. VMAs. Video Music Awards. Video... Music Videos. You're falling to my web. <laughs> <laughs> music Videos. Get it right. It's a prestigious art form. No, I, I, rebuttal. I'm going to go full rebuttal. Rebuttal, okay? Vidi, the, the VMAs, which awards music videos, VMAs awarding music videos, pushes the genre. And granted, a lot of times it's pop, but there are, there are extremely memorable performances in pop culture. I mean, there's a whole list, and I'm scratching the surface. Anytime Madonna gets on stage, it's a legendary performance. She's done it every decade. She was at the first one at 84 with Like a Virgin. Express Yourself, Vogue, all the way up, you know, with their, you know, performance with Britney and Christina Aguilera, which is very memorable. You got Nirvana, 92. You got Michael Jackson playing with Slash, doing the Moonwalk, 95. Marilyn Manson, 97. Eminem, The Real Slim Shady, 2000, 2001. Britney's Slave for You. R. Kelly Trapped in the Closet. I mean, that's just, you know, that's a list of seven or eight. And there's so much more. There's so much more. I don't even have time. I don't even have time, PJ, to get into this with you. Yeah, but, I mean, basically what you just rattled off is a musical. It's a show. The most important thing is the awards. That's what we get excited about. That's what we're gonna we're supposed to be talking about. That's what's supposed to be driving things. I, 
to me, the, the you know, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears doing a performance is, is fine, it's entertaining, but that's not what an award show is. If I wanted that, I'd go to a concert. Rebuttal, Missy Elliott was also there. I do like Missy Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> this is the final point I have here also. If the VMAs were so great, they'd realize that the mo most important thing also about an award show is the time of year it takes place. Nobody wants to watch an award show in the middle of summer. That's when I want to be outside doing things. I want an award show when it's absolutely miserable outside. I don't want to do anything and I just want to sit on my couch and watch something. And that's why the Oscars are beautiful. Happening in February? Amazing timing. VMAs, what are they thinking doing an August award show? That's your closer? That is your closing argument. You can't have an award show You know when the weather's nice? You're a fair weather fan. Hey, MTV Music Awards happens, you know, during my birthday. I, I, I'll leave my birthday. I go watch that. It's an important show. You want to see that stuff live. You don't want to hear about that the next day. Rebuttal. I feel supremely fine with the fact that I don't want to watch an award show in the middle of the summer, and I can still argue for the Oscars in this case. It's an award show. It's only going to take up so much in my life, Marco. Only so much. And the Oscars have found a way into it. Oh, only so much like your Oscar three hours and 40 minute award show. Only so much. Are you kidding me? Rebuttal. That's absurd. What are you talking about? Rebuttal. The VMAs are just as long. It's not like we're arguing time here. It's time of year. Rebuttal. Time flies when you're having fun. And I am having a ball watching the VMAs. A damn ball. <laughs> This has gotten more heated than the first great debate. I want to point this out to the listeners if they missed the first one. But I have run out of points. Do you have anything else you would like to bring up, Marco, into this great debate hall? I would be remiss without saying that the VMAs, besides the merit of the music, also have these bizarre pop culture things, some of which are manufactured, some of which are just putting a bunch of crazy people in a room, which credit to MTV, they're doing it every <laughs> year. <laughs> you have the infamous, you know, Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift. You know, you got Miley Cyrus twerking on Robin Thicke. You got all sorts of stuff. I mean, we're still talking about these things. You, you talk about these things that happen like in this abstract space. No, all this stuff happened at the VMAs. History is happening at the VMAs. Rebuttal, what kind of history are we trying to create at the VMAs, though? The fact is the VMAs are somehow making us build on top of this history to a level that's even more ridiculous every time we do it. We went from, you know, some ridiculous dance move to now Miley Cyrus turking. Now they're going to have to outdo Miley Cyrus turking. The VMAs are responsible for some of the worst history that we're creating. Hey, but we learn from our history. Rebuttal. When Connie interrupted Taylor, he kind of realized that was wrong. He really <laughs> Did he? didn't, but he Did okay. I... He really didn't, but he taught other people about respect. Miley <laughs> may have learned her less about twerking. Either way, it drove a conversation about cultural appropriation, which was still beneficial to society. Because <laughs> rebuttal, there's no way they've stopped the cultural <laughs> appropriation since that has continued much <laughs> beyond that moment, and. Uh, yeah, Miley Cyrus, she's doing Americana now, but you know she has not given up the twerking. You know it. Rebuttal. I don't know that. <laughs> well, maybe the listeners do, and they're going to help us out here. <laughs> this concludes another round of the great debate. I don't know, Marco. A lot of, a lot of heated arguments there, and the listeners are going to have to sort that out for us and help us figure out which is the better award show. 
Is it the VMAs or is it the Academy Awards, the Oscars, the, you know, the award show that I argued amazingly for? Uh, I would highly recommend voting for the Oscars, but you got to do what you got to do. We'll be putting a poll out on Facebook. Somehow, Marco, you appear to have won our first great debate, which was an argument between the 4th of July and Halloween. It was a tight poll to the end, and somehow Halloween appears to have snuck it out that time. The stats don't lie. Halloween was a clear victory, and let me tell you this. The VMAs are the Halloween of award shows, so get ready and vote. <laughs> People, we have to take the VMAs down and really fight for the soul of award shows and what they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to mean for society. Do it for the movies, people. Vote for the Oscars. And we'll be back next time with another great debate. Time to keep this award show rolling, Marco. DJ, I want to wish you a good debate because it did get very heated and there is decorum and we threw it out the window in the first 40 seconds, but you argued your point well. I want to commend you on the great debate and I hope the listeners learned something, enjoyed something, and continue to pursue an action of voting via social media. Thank you. Rebuttal. Rebuttal. I argued amazingly well, but I also would like to thank you for another great debate. And with that, this great debate is closed. Music. Music. With that, it brings us to the final and biggest award of the night on the Team Weekend podcast. We're talking about music, Marco. We're getting ready to award both of our songs of the year. We couldn't keep it to just one song. No, we went all out 30 songs apiece, and we will count down in reverse order from 30 to each of our respective number one songs. Now, if you've been following along with us on the Facebook page, we have actually been slow dripping these songs out there for the last couple of weeks. We've been counting up into the five, so we've done these first 30 to 25, but let's do a quick recap here. Starting at 30, Marco, what were our top 30 songs of 2017? Is a real crowd, please. Small world, all the friends know of me. Young bull living like an old geese. Quick release the cash, watch it fall slowly. Coming in at number 30, Wild Thoughts by DJ Khaled featuring Rihanna and Bryson Tiller. At number 29, Black Beatles by Ray Sremmerd featuring Gucci Mane. 28, Silence by Marshmallow featuring Khaled. At 27, Vigente Remix by J Belvin and Willie William, featuring Beyonce. Number 26, Praying by Kesha. Coming in at 25, Remy Ma featuring Lil' Kim with Wake Me Up.
30, Colors by Beck. Number 29, Messy Love by Mura Massa. Number 28, I Know You Know by Bokeh. Number 27, Glittering Glass by Scott. Number 26, Phosphorescence by Rare Monk. And number 25, Gassed by Wesley. Now take another shot, consider it a gift. And ain't no designated driver, we can get a lift. Now go sip you some more sips while I buy up this drove slip. Blow this joint, get the glow sticks. At 24, Portugal the man with Feel It Still. Number 23, Big Boy featuring Troes with Chocolate. At number 22, Sci High the Prince with his song God Bless Your Heart. Number 21, Future featuring Kendrick Lamar with Mask Off Remix. Coming in at 20, Slide, Calvin Harris featuring Frank Ocean and Migos. Hey, just cast a check. I've been thinking, I've been humming, I've been picking and I've been strumming, just waiting, waiting on a song. Number 24, Remind Me How It Feels to Be Loved by Chris Hatcher. Number 23, Saturn by Jamie McAllister, Bryce Desner, Sufjan Stevens, and Nico Mole. Number 22, Pleasure by Feist. Number 21, Waiting on a Song by Dan Auerbach. Number 20, Higher Ground by Odessa. People Say by The Wu-Tang Clan featuring Redman. At 18, East Coast Remix with ASAP Ferg featuring Busta Rhymes, ASAP Rocky, Dave East, French Montana, Rick Ross, and Snoop Dogg. At number 17, Drowning by A Boogie With A Hoodie featuring Kodak Black. Number 16, XO Tour Life by Lil Uzi Vert. Coming in at 15, Broccoli by Dram, featuring Lil Yachty. Number 19, The Glow by Sylvan Esso. Number 18, City Music by Kevin Morby. Number 17, Things That Would Have Been Helpful to Know Before the Revolution by Father John Misty. Number 16, Solar Pilgrim by Twain. Number 15, This House by Japanese Breakfast. Talk to me, yeah. Come on, talk to me. Yeah, talk to 
At number 14, Fabulous and Jadakiss featuring Swiss Speeds present theme music. At 13, Big Crit featuring Sleepy Brown and CeeLo with their song, Get Up to Come Down. At 12, Lana Del Rey featuring The Weeknd present Lust for Life. Number 11, Franz Ferdinand and their song, Always Ascending. Coming at 10, Shining by DJ Khaled featuring Beyonce and Jay-Z. Number 14, Everything Now by Arcade Fire. Number 13, Pay the Man by Foster the People. Number 12, Call the Police by LCD Sound Systems. Number 11, Pain by The War on Drugs. Number 10, Halfway Home by The Broken Social Scene. At number 9, Lemon by N.E.R.D. featuring Rihanna. At 8, Loyalty by Kendrick Lamar featuring Rihanna. Number 7, I Feel It Coming by The Weeknd featuring Daft Punk. And at number 6, Hey Kids by Run The Jewels featuring Danny Brown. Family Crest. Number eight, Habits by Dream Beaches. Number seven, Pixie Oaks by Mute Man. And number six, Green Light by Lord. All right, we're in the top 10 PJ and my top five songs a piece 
and getting right into it with my number five song is Goosebumps by Travis Scott featuring Kendrick Lamar. Really like this song, has a spooky vibe, good vocals combining the beat, and Kendrick has a great verse on it as well. Don't think that'll be the last time we hear Kendrick Lamar's name tonight. But that brings me to my number five song of 2017, and it's Strangest Thing by The War on Drugs. This album ranks really high in my album of the year list. It was number two for me in 2017, but this song, it just shreds, the guitar blows up, and it, to me, it just, I mean, this band transitioned into full anthem rock, and I absolutely loved it. PJ, I think this is a great choice, and out of your list, I think it's my second favorite song of yours. Ooh, interesting. And probably, does that mean your favorite rock song of the ones that I listed? We'll have to see about that. Moving along, number four for me, All Night by Big Boy. If it's all right, I want to kick it with you all night, all night. Have a good time. Ain't got to worry because it's all right, it's all right. This one has just a classic outcast vibe, great harpsichord rhythm, and it's kind of, you hear it, it makes you want to move. It is. This is a great party song. We both are big fans of Outkast, but I know, I mean, for you, Marco, this is your band. I always think about, whenever I hear them, I think about you with it. And, you know, at least I'm glad Big Boy's still doing it because he's producing some great music right now. Absolutely. That brings me to number four on my 2017 top songs list. And this song is called Neighbors by Grizzly Bear. This is another album that went really high on my list. It was number three. And I this was just a song I fell in complete love with. Um, it's epic it's dark it's melodic the vocals really pop and uh, for me i just wish they had led the whole album with a song like this they buried it way in the bottom but to me this song was the clear top off of that album and i i i huge fan yeah that was a great way of describing i've not listened to the album but this song really is a standout so what do you have as we go into the top three Songs got, of the year, Marco. My number three is DNA by Kendrick Lamar. 
This is really a standout track on Kendrick's album Damn, which is a fantastic album in 2017. It's hard to pick a top one from that album, but great verses, great beat, and then the song as you listen to it, there's this, almost a second half of the song, which is almost its own song in its own right, so you get pretty much two songs for the price of one. I absolutely love this song. I mean, the album is phenomenal. I think it's the clear, for me, my clear number one hip-hop album of 2017, and this is, for me, I agree, this is the standout track in this album. There's some other great ones here, and I think it kind of has two personalities. Um, there's this humble side, and then there's this extremely confident side, and this side is, uh, I think, this song really features that really super confident Kendrick, where he's going to call out everything he sees um, and, and share his view in the world, and I, I loved it. PJ, what's your number three song of 2017? Number three. So we're back to our number, our normal size music segment. Three songs apiece here. So number three on my list of top 2017 songs. This one is one that we never played on the show, and it's a it's the, one of the few brand new artists I have um, on my playlist this year uh, for 2017's top songs. It's called Waiting Room by Swogren. I really hope I pronounced that band name right. They're Swedish, and they're just a phenomenal group. They have not released a full-length album yet, but they've released several singles and all of them have been great. This one in particular stood out for me and I had to put it on my list. And as I just started comparing it against so many things, I was like, I have to put this high. And uh, I just can't wait for their first full-length album. Yeah, if the album's like this song, I'm right there with you. This song is a great contrast where you have some verses, then it kind of just goes into this guitar drum breakdown kind of repeats throughout the song and I really like just the way that flows together yeah it's just got it it doesn't stay in one zone it kind of breaks into these different pieces there and just I for me it really kind of holds the attention very well so Marco what do we have now in the number two position the runner-up yo who that boy who him is him that I swear stand out guy him don't need no chair well what a him at cuz I'm right here Runner-up is a great way to put it because this is a very tough call. My number two song is Who Dat Boy by Tyler, Tyler the Creator featuring ASAP Rocky. So this is a hip-hop song again, but it's definitely got its own unique taste. There's just this nervous energy throughout the entire song. It kind of reminds me of my favorite Busta Rhymes song, Gimme Some More, where it has like the classic strings and it's just really fast rapping. 
you know, Tyler the Creator has some great verses, and then Ken, or sorry, excuse me, ASAP Rocky is the featured artist on this one, and they go back and forth towards the end. They have their verses, and then it's kind of a trade-off, and just really great verses w- with the music itself. So, all right, we're getting heavy, close to the top. PJ, your number two song of 2017. My number two, it's another new artist. It's called Sucker by the Big Moon. This was my album of the year. It's a newer band. This was their first full-length album. It's an all-woman pop-punk rock band and this is i think the standout track from that album it's fan- it's just so much fun it's got so much attitude in the song and by the end it's just rocking and shredding to a place that i think you know it was i wanted to put it number one really really badly it is song runner up just like you i it runner up is is a hopefully a term of endearment here because this is a song i loved in 2017 i enjoy this song as well and if you gave it album the year then clearly there's you know big credit to this group the big moon i enjoy the song as well it has a it's a rock song but it has a good melody and it really just kind of draws you in the whole time and you're just kind of writing it out and it's um just definitely worth a listen so now we're getting real here it's our 2017 songs of the year who are we giving out these weekies to finest hell is full. Oh my god, that's my baby. Caroline, you did fine. Mighty fine. Started really notified. That's true. Like a pro. Without further ado, the golden weakest cycle goes to Caroline by Amine. Caroline, listen up. Don't want to hear about your horoscope or what the future holds. Shut up and shut up and let's get gory like a Tarantino movie. Don't want to talk it out. Can we fuck it out? Because we're going to be up all night. The decaf. You see, I'm a tall thug. Yes, I'm a giraffe. If you want sex, baby, use the knee pad. Freaky with the sticky icky, baby. Give me kitty kitty. This song was also featured in a previous episode, and I believe the first episode, and it just stuck with me throughout the whole year. Just kind of when it came down to it, again, really hard decisions when you get to their, towards the top, but when I first heard the song, I remember hearing it as like, this sounds new. And as you get older, it's hard to kind of get that same experience, but it has such a fresh sound. It's got this very interesting beat, and then the flow that Eminem has switches like about four times throughout the song there's different paces like sing song like melody rapping and then just like falsetto stuff it's just all over the place and i just really enjoyed the entire experience i'll admit this was a bit of a surprise song for me when i looked at your list um you know i was not expecting to see this song at the top i mean clearly obviously your list as a whole very hip-hop centric and to me there was an artist i thought was going to be at the top of your list that might be at the top of mine here in a minute but to me, I, I love this song. This is one I wish we had talked about more because I didn't realize 
how much you love this song until we started talking about end of the year awards. Hey, well, you know what? Patience, you know, pays off. We're talking about now my top song of the year. Speaking of patience, the fans have been waiting. PJ, what is your number one song of 2017? Who are you giving the wiki to? The wiki goes to... Man, that's really an awkward transition considering the song I'm about to tell you about. (laughs) My number one song for 2017 is DNA by Kendrick Lamar. Yes, that's right. I went hip-hop also for the top award this year. It really was the year of hip-hop. My list might not reflect that because... I mean, I just, I'm a rock guy in general, um, and that's where a lot of my wrist li- uh, music selections tend to gravitate towards. But, you know, I think, you know, when you look at the plays across all the big music channels this year, hip hop took over everything when it came to the music spectrum. Um, you know, pop music took a bit of a retraction this year and kind of filtered down because I think a lot of those top 40 groups, they ended up actually even trying to put out their own types of hip hop music, some for better and some for worse. But at the end, you have hip-hop now as the established top form of music when it comes to popular music. And the guy that wears that crown, I think, established himself once again this year with his album, Damn, Kendrick Lamar. And this song, to me, was its absolute standout. It was number three on Marco's list, and it had to be number one on mine. I Every time I popped on this song, I was just like, wow. He's doing something I've never seen done before in this game. Yeah, well, obviously, I, I, I support your choice. Uh, it's number three on my list, and I was equally surprised to see on top of your list, it's the it's the only song which is on the both of our top 30 lists, which is another fun fact. But yeah, PJ, uh, great summary there. And if you look at my list as a whole, like you said, mostly hip-hop centric, I did a quick tally. Kendrick Lamar is on my list four times, two songs, two features. It really was a great year. Rihanna came in at number three, or two with three, ASAP Rocky twice, The Weeknd twice, and Beyonce twice. But yeah, uh, hip-hop is definitely you know more mainstream now, and if you're a hip-hop fan, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but at the same time, you really get some great acts, and, and Kendrick is, is king, as you say. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big uh, buzzword this year was trap music that overtook the scene, but there's still plenty of great hip-hop outside of that specific uh, subsection of the genre. And, uh, you know... I, you know, putting Kendrick Lamar out there, I don't think this is an artist too many people have missed, but I think we have to give, you know, credit where credit is due. And for me, that is my number one spot on my list. Congratulations, Kendrick. We're going to be sending you that golden week of cycle very, very soon. Like a little soon. We still have to make these things. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a good contact address. Fans, if you know where Kendrick Lamar lives, please hit us up to make this process go a lot easier. (laughs) It would. Uh, (laughs) And with that, Marco, though, that that was the last wikis. That was our final two wikis of 2017. It was a great year, PJ. We got the, you know, brought the podcast back in its own right we got the fans awarded we got the artists awarded and you know these award segments do run pretty long so i i think it's just time to put a rep on it all together yes i think uh i hear the orchestra in the background as we speak uh and i think that's our cue frank is telling us it's time to wrap it up so we should listen to frank and wrap it up thanks so much everyone and we'll see you next year
next time on the show. The weekies are over thank goodness. That lasted forever. Can you believe we cut out half the show? Like when Team Weekend would not take a hint. And congratulations Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff taking home that golden week of cycle. A lot of tough choices and I'm still remiss not to even bring up Buck 65 with their hit Zombie Delight. We didn't even get into it. Oh, the, come on. Really? With the music? Whoa, 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 whoa. Frank, we got a lot more to talk about when it comes to fan requested songs. Like, come on. What about Nightmare Before Christmas? Jack's Lament. That song was amazing. Frank, we're trying to do a show here. Team Weekend's In Memoriam segment got really awkward when they played a director's cut of the film. Hello, darkness, yeah, uh, Jake here. Still alive. Not dead. I've come to talk with you again. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Yeah, uh, totally still alive over here. Wow, that was really overdone. Yeah, it's just so, so sad. I miss Jake so much. Dude, he's not dead. He said it like 10 times. What? Oh, God. Team Weekend will be back better than ever. Peace out, podcast listeners. Peace out.